This is the The LCB Podcast, where we have conversations with artists, craftsmen, and creative people about their practices and how they relate to the world. Make sure to visit us online on Instagram at Andrew F. D'Angelo at Francel Daily and to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Lovecraft Beauty. Hi, guys, and welcome to the LCB Podcast. I'm your host, Francel Daly. And I'm your host, Andrew D'Angelo. And this podcast is all about people that are particularly good at what they do and have an interesting story that relates back to their craft. Yeah, and craft is an interesting word for us because LCB stands for Love Craft Beauty, Mm -hmm. which is the name of Francel's cosmetic line. It is. And LCB stands for loving yourself, loving your beauty, but most of all, loving your craft. Right. LCB. Right. So, uh, Frenzel and I are both makeup artists. We are. Um, and we met maybe about 10 years ago when I became her assistant back in the day. And it was really fun because back then there were... There was no Instagram, there was no Facebook, and we had physical books that you would go around and showing your work. And Andrew's book was predominantly of him with all this amazing makeup. Yeah, I used to work in nightlife and things like that and dress up a lot. So cool. And uh, most of my tear sheets were pictures of me from magazines that some photographer took at the nightclub. Um, And yeah, so that's how we met and (laughs) the journey has continued. But, um, true. And that, you work for the brand. Right, and right. Andrew does a lot of amazing things. Check um, him out. So, uh, but the reason that we bring it up, uh, not only to introduce ourselves, but because for our first podcast episode, we want to talk about men wearing makeup. Boy beauty. Boy beauty and the history and where we're at today with uh, masculinity and, you know, presenting gender and things. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, Speaking of gender and makeup, makeup really wasn't actually an indicator of gender or identity at all Mm -hmm. until maybe about the 18th century. Yeah. Um, Makeup has been used throughout antiquity and many different uh, indigenous cultures use Mm -hmm. makeup for religious purposes, which is another topic that I personally am very interested in. Uh, But makeup really didn't talk to you about gender roles until Queen Victoria. Oh, absolutely. Um, I. You know, the macaroni era where it was all, and that was in... 1700s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, early and 1700s. Extremely flamboyant, grandiose hairstyles, grandiose clothing. And, you know, they got a lot of flack and it was, you know, it was accepted at one point and then it went the opposite way and it was ridiculed and bullied and... Yeah, it was, I mean, like most uh, social downturns in the West, it has to do with religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but... For those of you who didn't know, because I didn't know what the macaronis were, uh, I was like, why are you talking to me about elbow pasta? Um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a movement uh, in around the mid-1700s of the, arist- the British aristocracy. Around the 1760s. Yeah. And they were traveling a lot more, uh, the aristocracy at that time. So they were probably going to other places in Europe, like France um, and Italy and things, and then bringing back new fashion and making a really big to-do about it. So mm-hmm. they were taking the already pre-existing uh, powdered wigs, white face, and rouge, and exaggerating it to an extreme, mm-hmm. uh, and behaving more effeminately. And cha- challenging and challenged the idea of masculinity, and the use of beauty products, and the link with feminization. Right. Really interesting. From what I have read, I mean, I don't know a ton about it, uh, it seemed that 
it wasn't that makeup and wigs were feminizing. It seemed more that their behavior exactly became more effeminate because they were being more camp about it, mm-hmm. uh, or what we would call as you know being camp. <laughs> um, and then it was also at the end of that same century when Queen Victoria deemed uh, you know flamboyance and cosmetics uh, and peacock behavior uh, of the devil and you know all this other Christian stuff. Absolutely. Uh, and so by the time the 19th century rolled around, I think men had pretty much been divorced from uh, being glamorous, uh, wearing makeup, or even uh, exaggerated wigs, period. And, and I think the only department or only the way that it was accepted, if it was in films, or well, films didn't really exist back then, but in the theater, theater yeah. and that was their idea of films in theater and in music. Yeah, I, I think theater has always kind of existed alongside the timeline of gender norms. It's so interesting, right? I want to know all about more, and it could be another podcast, but I want to read more about this. Andrew, when was the first time that you identified with cosmetics? Like, when did you... Was it a movie that you saw? Was it a musician? No, I think that makeup became relevant in my life when I uh, came out of the closet and was really embracing my, my queer identity and Mm -hmm. playing around with my gender presentation and from music culture. You know, I was a kid in the late nineties and I was obsessed with Marilyn Manson and nine inch nails and smashing pumpkins and stuff. And, uh, so yeah, I was, it was a queer culture thing and a music culture thing. Cool. And you started doing makeup also when you were a kid. Absolutely. I started when I was 18 and it, became something that I really wanted to do. And I I think seeing my mother and my grandmother getting ready and also seeing films. And I think the first film that I remember growing up and identifying, especially men wearing makeup, was uh, Amadeus. I love that And seeing that in real time and accepting, I've always seen it in paintings and in, in history books, but to see that live and the flamboyancy of those characters, it really resonated with me because I accepted that makeup being like every other thing. Of course, there was, you know, I'm from New Orleans. So there, of course, I saw it in nightlife there and, you know, the beautiful drag queens growing up and, you know, seeing that type of flamboyancy with makeup. But seeing that film early on, I was just like, oh my God, this is just so incredible. And it's so accepted too. Well, I mean, it was depicting a time when makeup had nothing to do with gender. Absolutely. Genderless. I love that. It was genderless. Mm -hmm. And, you know, camp wasn't really a concept so much yet. No. I mean, again, the macaroni era kind of brought in this idea of almost being ridiculous. But Mozart was kind of before that, or at least at the dawn of it. Right. Um, And so, yeah, camp wasn't really a notion then, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I think that's... uh, you know, a big difference. You know, as we go down the timeline, I think also you see not only films, you see musicians really pushing the envelope with cosmetic. And especially Andrew and I being so involved in the goth scene and loving that type of music, you always saw saw makeup and black eyes and, you know, the Blitz kids from England and the punks. And, and you know, there's so many different versions of, of people and especially men wearing makeup. But Andrew, what could be your favorite 
musician. I know you said Marilyn Manson, but do you have someone earlier than that that really? Oh, definitely. I mean, I mean, I just said Marilyn Manson because I liked him a lot because he was, you know, he pushed what the was going. Well, he was going. He was just what was going on when I was a kid too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, of course. I mean, you got the David Bowie's and I mean David Bowie, Boy George, was so, and all that stuff. Of course, he really transformed the seventies and eighties. And he also, to go back to the macaroni, they were, you know, David Bowie was also very genderless, you know, especially doing, you know, Ziggy Stardust and... Right, could, but but, the, but I think the interesting thing about that, though, is A, it existed in theater, which we've right. talking about how it's always kind of been next to the mainstream culture, but not mm-hmm. of it, you know? Uh, so there's there's that theatrical distance that kind of gives you that play uh, to go against cultural norms. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're, we skipped from, you know, the 18th century to David Bowie. But, right. <laughs> but I think the, the fascinating... I mean, we can keep going on and on. This is going to be like a five-hour podcast. Right, right. But, but I think the, the interesting topic is when makeup uh, becomes a rebellion mm-hmm. and when it's not. I love that. It's so true. You it's know, so true. And I think that's the interesting, pivotal, historical moment that we have been talking about in the late 1700s. So I think I think that you uh, are definitely onto something there because I think you're seeing that now. I think with, you know, how men in makeup and boy beauty, how does that translate now? Because I think you're starting to see a lot of those references mm-hmm. come back in that state and, uh, of being rebellious and being self, you know, having your self expression and being confident and being like, you know what, I don't want to look like everybody else. If I'm into this, I'm into this and being very inspired by putting cosmetics and makeup on and very much like how we did Richie for our YouTube channel. You know, he's a beautiful blonde and we put a red lip on and he looks so handsome and masculine. Right. And a red lip is something that you would associate with being feminine. Right. So, well, there's a couple of things there that, that, uh, are interesting. Uh, first of all, uh, men wearing makeup, but also the idea of the red lip, right? Mm -hmm. The red lip is kind of, is to women what the, necktie is to men, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that it's interesting how women, uh, not that women have had it easy or the, you know, female revolution was certainly not a piece of cake and it's still not over. Uh, but already women can wear pants. Women can wear ties. That's integrated into our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, men wearing a red lip is not outside of the realms of theater or camp or music, mm-hmm. but in just going to the office or going to the grocery store, uh, you know, where a man wearing lipstick is a really heavy symbol of either sexual identity, uh, gender identity, uh, or being rebellious being, or being campy or some kind of theatrical joke, uh, that hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. But I think what we're seeing now, especially with, uh, social media, and uh, the recent kind of advent of transgender and gender conversations in the mainstream, uh, you have a lot of men and boys putting makeup on and doing tutorials and even being the faces of uh, cosmetic brands Mm -hmm. uh, without being uh, drag queens or without uh, talking about you know, gender swapping or female impersonation or anything like that. They're just boys wearing makeup. Makeup. 
And speaking of social media and YouTube, we just filmed Richie Cotterell and his first YouTube video for us. And he's a beautiful, striking, handsome, blonde man. And we did a red lip and we did a dark plum lip, which was really fun because he was so sexy in it and he was very handsome in it as well. Yeah. uh, So Francelle and I have a YouTube channel, just FYI for you guys, um, for her cosmetics brand. Uh, and we do some tutorials and yeah, it was super awesome to have our friend Richie on not only just cause it's fun to put makeup on everybody, but he's like you said, such a gorgeous male model mm-hmm. and so handsome. And I loved how we were able to retain his handsomeness and enhance it with lipstick. Mm-hmm. It's really cool when, uh, you can play around with cosmetics in such a way that it doesn't read uh, about gender bending or mm-hmm. gender swapping. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's exactly right. Because, I mean, a red lip, we all associate with being feminine, and it's a feminine thing. A woman would never leave their house without a red lip at a certain point in in life. So it's it's a very fun way of expressing makeup and seeing it on a man. And then I feel now more than ever you're seeing that because people are starting to want to rebel again. And I think that's like a renaissance era in a sense of of being a makeup artist and seeing especially men embrace the art of grooming again. And not only the art of grooming, but wearing everyday makeup. I know several of my, my friends, I even have, you know, dare I say like three straight friends that wear tinted moisturizer, you know, it's like embrace your inner like need. If you have naturally red skin and you're tired of like using all these skincare creams, you actually can use a tinted moisturizer that's undetectable to help you control that. And it gives you confidence. Makeup uh, by is undetectable, not... you do mean not visible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, undetectable. It's like, that's, you know, for, to the naked eye, it's like you don't want to nest. I think men also associate makeup with being a, a, a woman's thing and being heavy. Right. Like I can see your foundation, but right. I think it, it's just not educated to the straight man, especially that a tinted moisturizer can be undetectable on the skin and you won't be able to see it. It's right. actually helping you correct right. the skin. And some of them have things that actually can clear up your skin if you have acne or pigmentation right. and stuff like that. So you're seeing a lot of like skincare infused um, tinted moisturizers or makeup and especially designed for a man. They do have, you know, four or five makeup brands that are just very uh, men specific, which is yeah, awesome. My, my dad actually has one of them. But, you know, it's funny because he really hates it when my mom calls it makeup. I love that. that, It totally makes sense. But it's it's such a cultural hang-up, you know. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, it it is kind of a new thing. I mean, maybe over the past, what would you say, 10 or 15 years when the metrosexual Mm -hmm. became a thing. Yeah. When that terminology came about. Queer eye for the straight guy. (laughs) Right. So I think when, you know, when queer culture was affecting Mm -hmm. straight culture and that men were starting to groom themselves and pamper themselves and care about their appearance in a way that was kind of only seen for gay men, Mm -hmm. which, you know, bottom line is, you know, slightly feminizing to the contemporary male. Um, But yeah, I'll this tie with gender and sexuality and grooming is such a new thing though. You know, if you look at the, you know, the history that we're talking about, 
mm-hmm. Western culture. I mean, it's it's accepted for a guy in a restaurant to pull out a compact and control his oil on a powder puff. You know, is it's it like, now? Is that is that like a new thing now? Well, I saw it in L.A. actually, and no, I'm not in West Hollywood, guys. You know, I was at a restaurant and I saw a very dapper gentleman in a suit just pull out a compact and not. I mean, it wasn't like a feminine compact. It was black and it just had like a an oil blotter powder thing on it like yeah. you know a piece of paper and it's just like you know those Japanese the rice paper things yeah, and he genius. just I, put, I was like wow look at that but it was in a compact I mean it was but it was very masculine mm-hmm. it's not like you know he pulled out a pink compact with a powder puff but I thought like I mean how like how chic because yeah. he was in a, he was in a three-piece suit I mean he was very attractive well those Wall Man. Street guys I mean we live in New York City those Wall Street guys I mean they're so done Oh, they are done. They're, they're getting done. the brows. They're doing um, electrolysis on their skin. They're getting Botox. They're, get, they're wearing makeup, manicures, yeah. pedicures, the whole nine yards. So the art of grooming and makeup is back, guys. And we love boy beauty. And we love talking to you about this. I mean, it's just such an interesting topic. And especially that Andrew comes from a culture and you started wearing makeup super early. I mean, I you mm-hmm. should see some of the pictures of him when he was a kid. I mean, that, your high school picture, you have a cat eye a bob and a red lip and you i can't tell if you're a girl or a guy and i think that's brilliant yeah that was me every day can you come to work like that please (laughs) (laughs) what about now but but that's well that's a a fascinating thing okay so i'm a makeup i'm a makeup artist francel's a makeup artist uh we work together on set a lot and even in today's culture when you know you have teenage influencers in baseball hats Mm -hmm. boys in baseball hats baseball jerseys and a full beat on their face, full mm-hmm. makeup, right? Even in a culture that, you know, supports that, uh, I still feel like if I wore a red lip to work, some editor or, you know, someone on set would be uncomfortable with that. Probably. But maybe in like, maybe you should be the one to set the pace of the photo shoots and be like, look, I'm wearing a red lip in my Rick Owens outfit. I mean, I think it would be super hot. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think lots if of people comfortable would, with that. Lots I of mean, people would think it's super hot. I mean, I would think it's super hot when I go out, you know, I mean, we go out a lot. It's, it's, it, that's one thing, but okay. So, so the next maybe YouTube channel to we do or episode on the channel rather is that I am going to I want I would like to do my f- in full interpretation of a full beat on your face. <laughs> well, you've already done half of it. I know, but that was just like a guy liner. I want to do like a full guy liner. It's kind of like an offensive cl- term to like gender I know. any cosmetic I, product. It's isn't so it? stupid. It's just a catchy hashtag. Well, it, but it goes back to like why my dad uh, feels he can wear that you know, tinted moisturizer on his face is because the terminology surrounding it gives you permission to use it, right? right? If it's a guy liner, then somehow it fits into your male pantheon. Totally. I mean, when I think of guy liner, what that word means to me, I automatically think of uh, Motley Crue and Poison and Enough's Enough and like all these like glam rock bands that wore like the full beat and their spandex and tons of eyeliner because I just think it's like a funny, you know, it's a, it's a hashtag to me. It's like an eyeliner is like genderless. You can, if whatever you want, my Persian cat can wear an eyeliner if he wants. Well, I mean, <laughs> again, cat, like, la- cat as, eye. <laughs> and as we've been pointing out this, you know, whole episode for the majority of human history, it's been like that. Mm-hmm. Makeup is not a signifier of gender or, um, you know, 
being masculine or feminine. It was really only uh, kind of recently in the history, in the human history where that was even a thing. So to see it swinging the other way uh, around these times is pretty mm-hmm. cool. So thanks for listening to our first episode, guys. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Lovecraft Beauty. Yeah, and follow us on Instagram, Francel Daily, and at Andrew F. D'Angelo. And, and at Lovecraft Beauty. Right, and uh, stay tuned. We're going to have some really cool people on this channel uh, talking about their craft, their art, and how it relates to their lives and some really interesting stories that have to do with some really cool activities.